Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hey, welcome back. We're Chris and Christina. Today, we're going to be talking about how we've seen God in not so lovely circumstances. (laughs) Right? Is that right? There's been numerous. I mean, as far as back I can think of in my life, but then since being married for almost 31 years, yeah. a lot of opportunities to see where God has impacted us in, in many ways that we did not expect. Well, I think sometimes um, we just want to unpack a few core beliefs before we jump into this. So we are unashamedly followers of Jesus. We have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus. And what we've learned over the years and with our journey of walking with God is um, encounters with God. God is always waiting to engage us, but sometimes we will encounter him when we're at our lowest or darkest or the circumstances seem the bleakest. Um, But I think there's some things to consider. First of all, um, when we've had those encounters, we we didn't throw in the towel and go, forget this. This is too hard. I'm walking away from God. I mean, God can do anything, but there's just, there's preparation into your relationship with Jesus. It's reading his word, not because it's something to tick off a box to go, okay, I, I read God's word. No, because you want to know who he is. You want to know his character And you do that through reading his word. It's through praying. It's applying his word. If God says that a cheerful heart is good medicine, then when my heart doesn't feel so cheerful, (laughs) I'm asking him to help me have a cheerful heart. That's applying God's word. Uh, it's, It's also prayer. It's talking to God about using your words, Chris, the good and the bad and the ugly. There's there's things that help, and, and maybe that's a podcast on itself, that we talk about what does knowing God look like? What are the steps? So when we say we've encountered God, it's we we were doing all the right things, if you will. We were praying. We were developing our relationship with him. We were reading his word. We were being obedient. If he were was leading in a certain direction, we were all in. We said yes, and still there were times when it felt like the bottom fell out. Yeah, and another another way that I've come to understand God um, uh, more intimately is through conversations with other people. Yeah, uh, when you share your experiences with God with me, uh, it does something to me as another human to go, "Wow, you've experienced that with God," and uh, we cannot leave out the Holy Spirit here. Yeah. So we have God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and um, that's something I've continued to learn more and more about in the last few years. And it really has changed me. Uh, I want to input a, a, a story here about one of the most profound times when I was learning to really um, invest in my relationship with God. Um, I'm reminded of this story, Chris. It w- I was 27 years old. Our oldest daughter was about two. Um, I was in a class at the time, and one of the assignments was to look over some characteristics of God and to choose one that I did not feel like I knew very well. So I looked through the list. The characteristic uh, character trait that stood out to me was knowing God as sustainer. I was like, I don't really know that I know what that means. That was on Sunday. 
on Monday, my mom passed away and I knew God. (laughs) My first thought was, oh my word, God, I need to know you as sustainer. I feel like this grief is, is a lot. I needed to know God as sustainer. And I experientially knew him uh, that week and following as sustainer. It was so, it was such a standout moment for me. Chris, have you had a moment like that or, or a memory that comes to mind when you're like, God, I need to know you or, or he was something for you during a difficult time? That doesn't, what I want to share, doesn't quite speak into that, but, uh-huh. um, five days before my father passed away, uh-huh. I was sitting in our apartment in Vienna where we lived at the time. And I began to uh, think about my dad and process his life. And by the way, we're, we were never close. Um, and, but I, I remember I was thinking about his death. When will he die? God, what will it be like for me? Will it be sad for me? Will it be neutral? Would I speak at his funeral? Who would be there? I mean, all of these details. Mm-hmm. And after about 45 minutes to an hour, literally just sitting there processing these things. By the way, I had no intention of doing that that morning. Mm-hmm. I got it from the desk and I thought, wow, that's interesting. What was that about? Mm-hmm. But what had happened, I had processed those things. It was settled in my heart and my mind. Five days later, I get a phone call. Uh, five o'clock in the morning from one of my sisters that said, dad passed away last night. Mm. And uh, what that did, I knew God had prepared me in advance for my father's death. And he already had me um, to start dealing with emotions, grief, um, five days before my dad even died. Therefore, I was able to be the main speaker at my dad's funeral. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and actually speak into the lives of some people who were there. Well, you you said we're learning the Holy Spirit more and more. That's one of the characteristics, if you read in the Bible, of what the Holy Spirit does. He, he comes alongside you. He recalls things that he wants you to know. And I, the Holy Spirit obviously had prepared you ahead of time to, to do that. There so. were actually people sitting in that small church I looked out over the audience and realized, as I thought about my dad's passing a few days ago, some of these people's faces were there. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. actually, I, I shared that at his, at his service. I said, some of you were actually in that, was it a vision? It was a um, just a perspective God had given me, mm-hmm. and he prepared me so um, deliberately to, yeah, kind of minister to those other people that day. Yeah, let's... Let's kind of chase a rabbit trail, and then we're going to come back to how we've seen God work in in difficult circumstances. We don't want you to be confused about who God is and what his roles are. God is three. He's a trinity. God, the Father. God, the Son. God, the Holy Spirit. God in three persons, each having a, a different role. The Father, the Son the Holy Spirit. And as you study the Bible, you'll see how God acts and reacts and interacts with his creation in those different roles. And that experience that you had sitting in our apartment in Vienna, you're experiencing God in the role of the Holy Spirit. And just to help you understand, you may be asking, why are we talking about these kind of things 
on a mentoring podcast? Well, because when we see, when we talk about mentoring, it is holistic for us. We are spiritual beings. It's so much more than just, let me help you uh, in your resume. Let me help you connect with this person. It, it's, it's the whole person and our spiritual is, is the foundational piece of who we actually are. Yeah. And to piggyback on that, we call it real life mentoring podcast because we're going to give you tools. Uh, we're passionate about mentoring, but we're also going to mentor you in some things that we're passionate about. And so that's what you get today, whether you like it Truly, or not. <laughs> it is our, our hope that you may hear a story, one of ours or someone else's, or a statement or a phrase that's said, and you go, you know what, I could use that to impact this other person that I'm mentoring, or maybe I could be a mentor. Yeah. And this gives me some direction and some tangible um evidence or not evidence, but tangible tools to do so. Right. We're going to share two stories today. We're going to share um, how God really um, did miraculous things for us in dark times with our finances. One is going to be how he provide for us when we lived in Tucson, Arizona. And one is going to be how the Lord used a silly little chocolate bar to provide in a big way. So would you like to paint the picture of what our finances were like when we moved to Tucson, Arizona? We moved to Tucson, Arizona from Oklahoma. We had one daughter. She was two years old. Uh, We had a home in Oklahoma that uh, was up for sale that chose to sit there. (laughs) I say it that way. It felt like it (laughs) for about a year before it sold. Empty. So we were paying a mortgage plus an apartment uh, rent in Tucson, which was more expensive there. We had automobile troubles once we moved out there. Um, There were numerous things. Um, my uh, new job out there did not quite pay right. the, the difference in the uh, cost of living between the two states. Yeah, so our we had an 800-square-foot apartment, Yes, and that monthly rent was as much as or, our— It was more, I think, actually, than the— Lovely the, big house <laughs> in so, Oklahoma, the um, mortgage. Which was okay. And, and you know, here, here's the thing. We have to deal with finances as we live on this earth as human beings. That's just how it is. And God cares about that. He knows about it. He's our ultimate provider. And I have struggled with that over the years, but I know it's true. Mm-hmm. So with different things happening from car troubles to um, uh, rent payment, mortgage payment, stress on the job, um, numerous things, we just began to get in the hole a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And we were being trying to be wise with our money. We yeah. weren't overspending. No. There just wasn't enough because of the circumstances. Fast forward, at this point, after about a year and eight months, I think it was, we knew it was, I was supposed to resign from this position. Mm-hmm. Okay. The problem with that, guys, we were expecting our second child dun, dun, dun. within yeah. just a few months. Um, we had almost a four-year-old who had, had needs as well. Um, we were living far from what we called home in Oklahoma. Well, and we had sold our home finally. Finally. And what tiny little profit we made, I think it was like $4,000 was all. I don't, I don't remember. If that, we we put it in an annuity with a private trust company that went belly went, up. Went belly up. <laughs> um, so we, so re- we lost that money. With great peace. You know, we, we pray about everything, say, God, what do you want us to do here? And we really felt like resigned from this position. Yeah. And I was excited about it, but I was also fearful because I thought, we have to have an income. But we had the peace of God. And the Bible says that the peace that God gives us transcends 
any other kind of peace that you can have. And we truly did. It didn't make sense for us to resign, but we resigned. We had no money in the bank. We actually, when you actually resigned, that was on a Wednesday, we got a notice that we owed back taxes of $2,500. Which was a total shock because we thought we were good to go on our taxes. Um, that was on a Thursday. That following Friday, we get a check, literally a check in the mail from someone who did not know us or our circumstances for $3,000. Yeah, to see God's hand in that was actual just incredible. We joke about it within about five weeks yeah. of time after resigning. Well, let's back up. We, we got no severance pay. We lost our health insurance. I was seven months pregnant. And what God did is people showed up and just said, we feel like the Lord wants to give you this. At the end of however many weeks, we ended up with $10,000. I think about five weeks, we uh, about $10,000. We, we laughed about it. We should have resigned sooner because <laughs> we, uh, we got an increase in pay by resigning our job. Right. Now, it sounds so good today and to be able to say this to you, but it was scary at it times. It was awful. It was, it, we were so uncertain about the future. So we had, we were going to move back to Oklahoma and we did. Uh, we had to live with my in-laws and for like six months. Who wants to do that when you're in your 30s and you have a, a one daughter and a child on the way? Well, uh, and then we had that child and lived with them for a while. It was, you can guess, this, this was not the best of times. However... God gave us so much peace and provided well beyond what we thought capable. But I still struggled some days. Sure. As a man, especially, I wanted to be able to have a job that would provide well for my family. And it just wasn't there at the time. I took uh, part-time, temporary jobs, doing things I never thought I would be doing after going to college. But you know what? God made it okay. But it was, so don't, don't misunderstand this. It was tough. Yeah. And there was stress, but there was that peace underlying all of that, that we thought, okay, we just continue to move forward. God, what do we do next? You and know, he continued to show us. Here's life lesson. We struggled together. Um, we took our hurt and our struggle to God. Um, it, it wasn't always like Sunday school prayers. It was like, God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? But I think that's the key. You just take it to God, the good, the bad, the ugly. God, help us. How do you, how do, you do that, Christine? You say take it to God because that, that sounds like a simple statement. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's in prayer. Um, I'm, I'm dialoguing with God. I'm not like, you know, reading a mantra or anything. I'm just dialoguing with God when, you know, we're living with my my dad and his new wife and there's a brand new baby and you're off working the graveyard shift and literally in a graveyard. No, no pun intended. I actually, <laughs> one of the temp jobs I had, I was a uh, groundskeeper at a cemetery. Right. Hot summertime in Oklahoma. It was... So... I was not the most excited person to go to work. Yeah. And I'm just like, God, I don't know what you're doing here. It's hard to trust you right now. I just need you to reassure me that things are going to be okay. And uh, it wasn't denying the yuck. It was just talking to God in the middle of the yuck, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it, what, it, what it's done as well for us is that we, it's given us more compassion because we have empathy. Right. Um, with For people as they go through these challenges. And all of us go through challenges. Some are more, um, 
Some are more seen on the outside, yeah. like a job loss, uh, lack of provision, things like that, where for some people it's more internal. Right. But it gives has given us great compassion and understanding for people. I want to fast forward. So what that did for us is to really solidify for us, you know what? God is our provider. We may have a job, <laughs> but at the end of the day, God's responsible for providing for us. So let's fast forward now. We have three babies. Um, we're in Norman, Oklahoma, and we... You're, you're not talking present day. No, 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 no. This was still in our past, but fast forwarding from the Arizona situation. And we, at the time, our girls were still young. We were pastoring a, a very small church plant. Finances were tough. We were not always guaranteed a paycheck, um, but God would always provide in crazy ways. Well, this particular day, it was December 16th. It was your birthday. You, um, always on your birthday, it, it was like, this is a day for me to do nothing, to, to do it as I cho- choose. And so you had chosen not to come to church that Sunday and not to preach. And so somebody else had. And um, back in those days, we used an envelope system for budgeting. And when there was no money in that envelope, there was no money. And so in my little uh, envelope for grocery money, and that was the only envelope that had any money in it, was $18. And I felt very convicted during whoever was preaching. It had nothing to do with what they were saying. I just felt like that quiet impression, that quiet voice that I I know is the Holy Spirit asking me, do you trust me? I was like, of course, of course I trust you. Anyway, I just felt very impressed that the Holy Spirit was saying, I want to show you a deeper level of how you can trust me. I want you to contribute that $18 in your grocery envelope into the offering. Well, that was ludicrous to me for a couple of reasons. That's all we had until the next paycheck. And paychecks weren't always promised. It was your birthday. And I had already told the girls that we were going to go after church and buy you a big, fat German chocolate bar at a local Aldi and make you a nice meal with our little $18 that we had. Long story short, I had to obey. I, I just knew that I had to. I gave that $18 and I would like to say with a confidence of heart, but I thought, well, then Lord, you're going to give us $18 in return some way. Fast forward, um, we're walking out of church. Everybody is gone except for one person who was locking up the building. The girls and I are in the van and I tell the girls, now here's the deal. I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to give that $18 that we were going to go buy daddy's lunch, groceries, and buy him his chocolate bar. So I'm just trusting that the Lord's going to provide I don't know how, but we're going to go on to the store and we're, we're going to wait for God to provide money. And just as I delivered the message to my three little sweet girls, the guy who was locking up came out to the building and hand me an envelope. It was a very insignificant envelope. I opened it up because it was addressed to Chris and Christina. I opened it up and inside was a thousand dollars cash. That story still gets me. That will buy a chocolate bar. That will buy several (laughs) chocolate bars. But just the profound experience of God saying, trust me, 
trust me. And he didn't give me a few dollars extra. He gave us significant money extra. Yeah. And we, we have a lot of stories like that. Yeah. But for the purpose of this episode. Yeah. We're going to, this is going to be a series where we're going to share more stories. I think it's important. Stories are valuable. Hearing how God has shown up, how God has acted like God. Well, (laughs) as a human, Christina, I need, as a man, sometimes it just helps my brain to have some tangible evidence that God knows about me. He cares about me. He provides for me and my family. I don't always need that, but sometimes I do. Yeah. So it's twofold. We get to brag on God. We get to brag on the things that we've seen him do because it reignites my faith to believe that God's going to continue to to move in my life and provide and, and do things, but it'll encourage your faith as well. Anything else, Chris, as we wrap up? No, it's, it's a lot of stories to share. Yeah, we look forward to doing that. So as always, thank you for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, if, if today was beneficial, please review and, and download, leave a review and download the podcast. If you would feel compelled to donate, to help produce these podcasts, we'd love for you to do that at FahrenheitMentoring.org. As always, thank you so much for listening.